Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older and use nicotine or tobacco, I want to tell you about Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. What are they made of? Cured edible green leaves, food-grade ingredients, and pharmaceutical-grade nicotine. No tobacco leaf or stem. So if you're 21 and older, consume nicotine or tobacco and want to join the Black Buffalo herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online and they ship directly to most states. Or check out their store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. What's going on, everybody? John Middlecoff, three and out podcast. Back at it again Thursday night. Just, I think the game might not officially be over, but uh, walked into the office to record this bad boy after the score was 52 to 21. They got a late McCaffrey touchdown. He actually had three touchdowns tonight. What a blowout. Uh, Have some thoughts on just the Steelers organizational culture. That's. That, that was my one big takeaway tonight, and we'll get into that here in a second. I, I also think the league is really benefiting this year from where they were a couple years ago. You know, I know the, the big talk had been the ratings were down, and they're clearly, like anything, there were a lot of variables, the president coming at them, the kneeling. But offense, because so many quarterbacks were getting hurt, had taken a big step back, and I, I think you're starting to see it around the league is just – a lot more points. The masses love points. Why? Because the masses love playing fantasy football, love gambling. Uh, and, and we'll dive into that. Kyler Murray, the quarterback, Oklahoma, talking around just to different people all around the country. Uh, my NFL scouting buddies. Uh, he, he's a fascinating case. Case Billy Bean drafted him number nine overall. I, I have some thoughts on him. And then we'll, of course, do the middle cough mailbag. You can DM me. Slide up in my DMs at John Middlecoff and uh, on Instagram, and I will get to any question you may have. College, pro, just throw whatever you want uh, uh, off me, at John Middlecoff. 
uh, on Instagram. It's the easiest way to get a hold of me and get on this podcast. But I, I want to start with tonight. And, you know, we hear this word thrown around so much in pro sports and any good company. They, they love throwing this around. Culture, uh, organizational standards, you know. And I think when you think of, of football, the first organization you obviously think of is New England. And I, I think now Alabama is, is right there. It's a little different in college, but their standards are just higher. Their, their organization can overcome anything. And for the most part, those two organizations don't fall on hard times. I, I think you can put the Pittsburgh Steelers right up there with them. Uh, I mean, this year, think about this. Todd Haley, the offensive coordinator, who the last five years, him and Ben had a lot of success. They basically had to get rid of him uh, just because him and Ben were not getting along, even though the irony was after that playoff loss to Jacksonville, it sure as hell wasn't Todd Haley's fault. I mean, the defense was a, a train wreck. Uh, so Todd Haley's fired. They go to a new offensive coordinator. Now, granted, the guy had already been on staff, so it's not like they hired an outside guy. But still, I mean, change is change. You know, a lot of organizations you see around the league change offensive coordinators when their head coach is not the play caller, and it's a big deal. And then, you know, if Ben and, and A.B. is probably nowadays or A.B. then Ben, you know, your first or your two best players, their third best player is Le'Veon Bell, and he has not played a snap. Like, that's... What the Le'Veon Bell holdout has been kind of crazy. Say whatever you want about it, and I'm on the Steelers' side, but it's it's. I don't think it's been exactly how either side has drawn it up, you know. And then you get off to a terrible start. The opening game, you go to overtime and and really almost lose. If it wouldn't have been for Hugh Jackson, they would have lost. Uh, I'm pretty sure, just thinking off the top of my head, I think they the Browns created the Steelers had five turnovers in that game and still somehow tied it uh but the Steelers basically all of September it looked looked look like god are the Steelers gonna miss the playoffs and now we sit here as I record this on November 8th just watched Thursday night football I had been in one of the great gambling ruts of my life and I just bet I actually didn't bet on I didn't have the balls to bet on the Steelers should have looking back but the play was bet on the culture you know, especially as you get the season goes on, these road teams playing Thursday night games, the disadvantage you're at. I mean, the disadvantage Carolina is at in a November game, once you get to week 10, week 11, week 12, and you play a Thursday night game on the road, and it is not within driving distance of your stadium, or, you know, you can't, it's not a 20-minute uh, flight. That's, even if you got to get on a plane, that's, that's, that's really hard. But at the end of the day, the Steelers' culture is winning out. There's a reason when, you know, we talk about the Pittsburgh Steelers and that job with such reverence. Uh, it's because of the standard in that organization. They've had, what, three coaches in the last 60 years. All they feel like they do, at least in my lifetime, is win. They're always relevant. Uh, they have obviously don't win at the Super Bowl as much as New England, but they just kick consistent ass. I mean, I mean they really, really do. Uh, and this year, the organization really flexed its muscles, especially during this Le'Veon Bell situation where they said, here's your offer. You're not going to take it. No big deal. And James Conner comes in, a guy that they knew better than anyone, a cancer survivor. Uh, they, they consistently draft offensive players so damn well. They, they, they really do. You know, from James Conner to Juju Smith, obviously Antonio Brown, I think they said in the broadcast, 21 wide receivers. 
Now, again, it's a little Monday morning quarterback. That's the nature of star players, non-first rounders. Guys go ahead of them. But 21 first, you know, wide receivers go above Antonio Brown back in the day in his draft. I mean, he went in the sixth round. He is just – I mean, he's a Hall of Famer. It's just, it's just that simple. But even Vance McDonald. I had a front-row seat for Vance McDonald with the 49ers. Jim Harbaugh actually loved him. Once compared him to Mike Ditka. <laughs> thought he was going to be the Mike Ditka of the, of the 49ers run as they got rid of Vernon Davis. Well, it didn't go that way. Vance McDonald was a laughingstock around here. He, he really was. Stone hands – just not a very good player. Well, it turns out he's actually not bad. Uh, he's gone on to have a solid career in Pittsburgh every time I don't watch every single snap of Pittsburgh Steelers football, but the dude makes plays. Ben Roethlisberger sure likes him. He fits in their offense in an offense that's not – it's not like easy to get touches in the Steelers' offense. It's like if you can average 15 on the Warriors, you're freaking good. You know, if, if you can score touchdowns consistently on the Pittsburgh Steelers and make plays and they rely on you – on offense, and your name's not Antonio Brown, Juju Smith, Le'Veon Bell, James Conner, I, I think you're good. And he clearly is just solid. And again, the organization, it's the Steelers, man. It, it really is. It starts with the Roonies. It's its a culture they have built since that family has owned the team. And it's why when a lot of people talk shit about Mike Tomlin, and listen, I've never been exactly sure what Mike does besides, man, he's really cool looking. Like, if you could just draw with just a – when you just think, God, that's a cool cat, you know, just in life, you know. You're like, God, George Clooney, cool dude. God, Mike Tomlin, that, that's just cool, you know. His, his, he just – he always looks sweet on the sideline. He's got the cross hanging out, the hat perfect, the beard perfectly trimmed. I mean, he looks like a movie character. Again, he doesn't call the defense. He obviously doesn't call the offense. He just – I don't know. He's like Denzel Washington. He just, when he talks, it's sweet. Uh, His team always wins. Uh, And I love everything the Pittsburgh Steelers stand for. Remember a couple years ago, now I didn't think this guy deserved to be in the Hall of Fame, but once he got in, Jerome Bettis, the the whole place, like the the Steelers fans are pretty special. But again, if you are a Steelers fan, you're listening to this, you're pretty lucky because most organizations aren't like this. Uh, I mean, in my backyard, I have the Oakland Raiders that are basically the opposite the 49ers that have been desperately trying to find themselves now since Jim Harbaugh left. I mean, they're on their third coach and or fourth coach in how many years? Seven. So it, it's not normal what the Steelers do. And for them to overcome this year, again, it's one thing to get rid of an offensive coordinator. That happens. Holdouts, they happen. Slow starts, though, can derail teams, especially when things weren't exactly going right. Uh, but it, it really speaks to – how consistent that team's been for the last, you know, basically my entire adult life, ever since Mike Tomlin has gone there. And and really the polar opposite of them and the Ravens, who are probably surely to fire John Harbaugh at the end of the season, that for a period of time they felt like equals. But over, over a period of time, the Steelers have kind of separated themselves. And it's more than just the owner. I mean, there's a big Ben Roethlisberger, is just on a different level as a player than Joe Flacco. But still, man, I mean, the the Ravens want everything that the Steelers have. I I say it all the time. The the best thing the the sport of football has going for it in 2018 is urgency. It has the least amount of inventory, which means every game matters the most. 
And in 2018, the hardest thing to do is get people's attention. I got, I'm looking at a computer right now. I got an iPad next to me. I got a phone in my lap and I got the Warriors game on a TV above my head. I, I got like eight devices within an arm's length of me. I, I got if I want to order food right now, I can press two buttons and have and back in the day, the only thing that delivered was pizza when I was growing up. And I didn't grow up in the 60s. I, I grew up, I was born in 84. The only thing in my town, grew, born and raised in Davis, California, a university town, smart town, the only people that would deliver were pizza. Maybe by like high school, there was a Chinese restaurant that delivered, but that was it. If you did not want to leave your house, now you could pick up stuff, but the only thing to, I, I actually still remember driving through Burger King and the first time they allowed me when I was like high school, maybe it was like freshman year of college to use a debit card. Like that was a big deal. You could use one of the, you didn't have to have cash in the drive through So in this day and age, the attention, the spans are so small. Everyone's got a million things going on. It's hard to keep people's attention. It's why I'm watching this NBA game right now. The Warriors are playing the Milwaukee Bucks. The Warriors are the best team in the NBA by a mile. Milwaukee's up and coming. Like, if this game was the equivalent of an an NFL game, it would be like the Patriots playing the Rams. That's what this would be. It would be a Sunday night football massive game. Now, technically, this game's on TNT, but it's not. Who cares? The regular season in the NBA means nothing means even less in Major League Baseball. The sport of football urgency really helps. Also, gambling and fantasy football. I I really think the point of difference in 2018 for football is the, the, the impact of fantasy. People enjoy playing fantasy football much more than fantasy in the other two sports. Like, a lot of people used to play baseball fantasy football. We don't have the attention spans anymore to do that. But you can still play daily fantasy, year-long fantasy, play fantasy with your buddies. It really helps. So a couple years ago when the ratings were tanking relative to NFL standards, still light years ahead of baseball and basketball, everyone was freaking out. And I do think a big part of it was, obviously there were some variables with the kneeling, with Donald Trump. I mean, a lot of things played a factor in angering. People often say, like, no one even... No one turned it off because of kneeling. I, I have talked to people that have. If you don't think it affected anything, you're naive. Now, of what overall magnitude, I, I don't know. Maybe in the league office they have more concrete data. I have no clue. But I do know it had somewhat of an impact. But to me, the biggest impact was a couple years ago, all these quarterbacks were getting hurt. There were consistent games on television, especially nationally televised games, you know, they'd be stuck on Sunday night games. Now they've moved up the flex schedule so they can get out of shitty ones. The Monday night slate was atrocious, and we were just stuck watching terrible quarterbacks struggle to score points in a league where a lot of people are watching for fantasy football implications and gambling. And I got news for you. People like gambling on overs. Now, unders are usually the smarter bet, but I've bet enough unders in my life, it's miserable. Like, you're just praying to God no one scores. It's not very fun. I personally, unless I know it's going to win, I would just rather not bet than bet an under. Who, who wants to root for people not to score? It's the whole point of watching any game. Watch a home run, watch a three-point shot, watch Antonio Brown catch a touchdown, like Christian McCaffrey catch a touchdown. I, that's why I, now I, I like the nuances of the game, the other elements of it, 
But at its most basic level, John Middlecoff, that's me, I didn't mean to go third person there, got into football at a young age because I liked watching Jerry Rice score touchdowns. You know, I liked watching, I don't know, Emmett Smith. I actually didn't like Emmett Smith, but I actually liked Brett Favre, even though he used to kind of beat the Niners, but I just love Brett Favre. Like, we like watching touchdowns to happen. And the NFL this year, think about this. I think this is why the NFL's like really taking a stranglehold again. They have so many teams that are really fun to watch. So many teams that aren't just scoring. And this gets back to the rules. Now, did they change the rules more for safety, to cover their ass, to not get sued? Yeah, but I also think that they want to increase scoring. Like part of increasing and changing the regulation pro offense is to help score touchdowns, to get more people playing fantasy, to get more people gambling. That's positive. I always say this when people bitch and moan like, you see it on Twitter, like, fans aren't paying their salaries. Yeah, they are. Because the salaries are being paid by the media contracts. If people do not watch, the media contracts do not go up. Now, they are a fixed cost for an eight-year period. But the reason right now the media contract is so massive is because five or six years ago, when that deal was signed, a boatload of people were watching the NFL games. And next time when they re-up this deal in two or three years, the numbers are going to be enormous because a lot of people watch. And the Saints averaging over 35 and the Chiefs averaging over 35 and L.A. scoring left and right and the Patriots that can always score touchdowns and now with you know this historic brand and Ben and Antonio Brown scoring left and right is really, really good for the NFL. Like, I, I, I'm sorry. Now, I personally like this game. I actually defended last year the Buffalo Jaguar, the Buffalo Bills Jaguars round one playoff game. I know everyone hated it. I personally kind of liked it. Like, I did not hate it. Again, I, I like defensive games. I like big hits. I like watching guys get destroyed. The masses don't, though. The masses want touchdowns. The masses hated that. Like, I, I was locked into that game. I loved it. But I also like, like, I'd be good on a one nothing baseball game. You know, if a dudes are throwing, like, 10 strikeouts each. Like, I'm all in. And I, I'm a little, like, used to it because that's all the Giants did whenever they were good. They just, they can't hit. But my point is, like, that's not what the masses like. Chicks dig the long ball. People like home runs. People like touchdowns. And the NFL is really benefiting right now, and they've helped themselves out with the rules. It's a perfect time in the league right now because there's still a large generation, and this is where the rules kick in, that there are so many guys right now in the league over 35 still playing at a really high level. Obviously, the best player in Brady. Drew Brees is, what, 38, 39 years old. Roethlisberger's 36, 37 years old. They would not have been able to do this 20, 30 years ago. But also 20, 30 years ago, these teams like Jerry Jones could buy the Cowboys for whatever he paid for it in 1989. Like, now again, inflation, money's changed. But the point is the league has boomed so much and it's worth so much more money now. You have to think about this stuff. It's why tonight when Eric Reed, yeah, you can nitpick it. And did Roethlisberger slide late? Sure. But you got to throw him out. Like, we're protecting the quarterbacks at all costs. They are the cash cow. If you're an owner, if you're a coach, if you're a fan of the Steelers, like, Roethlisberger is your rocket ship. Now, can he get you to the moon? I don't know. It's hard to win playoff games. But the only chance you have to get land on the moon is with Ben Roethlisberger as your rocket ship. If he is not there, it's over. 
you will you will not make it. You know, you, you won't even get to space. You know, you honestly, if Ben Roethlisberger could not play the rest of the season, I don't think the Steelers would make the playoffs. It's that's what the NFL is. So when you hear this hype that it's a quarterback league, and everyone, and most of you guys know, listening that it's common sense, but how important these guys are for the casual guy watching, for the fantasy football guy playing, uh, it, just the health of the league. Like they do this stuff for a reason. And it's the perfect combination now of why the league's rolling. You know, one of the most fascinating guys, probably in recent memory, in college, mainly because he, I, I don't want to say he came out of nowhere, because he did just get drafted ninth in Major League Baseball, and he's replacing the Heisman Trophy number one overall player in last year's draft. So he's pretty famous, I, I think. A lot of people had heard the name. He had played at Texas A&M before he transferred. Like, we knew who the guy was, uh, but we did not know his football ability. Hell, I, I didn't know much about his baseball ability until Billy Bean drafted him. He didn't even hit 300 at Oklahoma, but he can absolutely fly. Like, he, we knew he was an elite athlete, uh, and that was one of the big reasons Billy Bean took him, you know, ninth overall in the draft. But this year, watching Kyler Murray, and I watch a lot of Oklahoma football, I know a couple people on the staff. I just I like Baker Mayfield from a couple years ago. I, I love Lincoln Riley. I had I've had Lincoln Riley on this podcast. I just like what they're working with. So this year with Kyler Murray playing, I, I've just watched him a lot. And then about two games in, you realize like God, this is the modern day Michael Vick. So probably about a month ago, I started texting a couple buddies in the league. They're like, God, if he can catch, I mean, he's going to be a top, you know, fifty pick. And then you just keep watching him. You're like, God. He can really throw. I mean, he has a hose. His arm velocity is elite. Then his athletic ability, like he's Michael Vick. You can't catch him. Uh, he can make you miss. He can absolutely fly. And his simple, you know, flick of the wrist. I think that's a song, flick of the wrist. I mean, the ball could go like 70 yards. His physical attributes as a NFL prospect are elite, except his height. Now, I don't know exactly how tall he is. My guess, just watching him play, you know, on television would be about 5'11", 6 foot. But there's never been a time easier in the NFL to play quarterback. Like I talked about earlier, the, the points are way up, mainly because they can't hit these quarterbacks. The offensive skill guys are, the, the rules are for them just to run free, like a, uh, you, you know, like a, like an animal on the African prairie, you just can't touch them. You just get to roam and do whatever you want, you know, and if they do touch you, they toss you out of the game or penalize you. And so this guy, and listen, I've had the good fortune to have sideline passes and stuff. I mean, they don't let you stay on the field for the game, but before games for years in the league. And then even as a media, like I've been up really, really close to Russell Wilson in his pads. You know, I'm probably with shoes on about 5'10". I am eye-to-eye with Russell Wilson. He is a, what you would consider for NFL standards, a midget. And he's fantastic. Now, his game, he's different than Kyler Murray. But there are some similarities. And the more I, I text around, I have, if you're listening to this on Friday, I have an article on The Athletic where I ask some people. And I, I, I'm getting enough people in the league telling me they think he'd be a first-round quarterback. There's a misconception and a narrative that baseball is much more lucrative for players. 
And it is if you can get and stay in Major League Baseball. The difference is in football, like last year, Lamar Jackson, as the last pick in the NFL draft, got $7.5 million guaranteed. And he gets to play in the show, as they call it in baseball, immediately. There's no, they, they don't send you to the minor leagues. He's, Lamar Jackson dresses on game day and plays. Probably, as Ravens fans would tell you, maybe not enough. But he plays. In baseball, Kyler Murray was the ninth overall pick and got a little over $4.5 million. There is zero guarantee. Though, they want the higher guys to you know make it to the big leagues one day. But there's no guarantee that he'll ever play a Major League Baseball game. Like, if he legitimately can't hit curveballs and breaking pitches in the minor leagues, he will not make it. It's just that simple. Now, that $4.5 million guaranteed that signing, he's got that. But there's no guarantee that he ever gets to the show. And if he does get to the show, they pay him minimum wage. You know, like five or $600. And then he basically has like three years of service time before he's even arbitration eligible to get an increase in salary. Where in football, if the ninth pick, I actually looked at Josh Rosen, who was the 10th pick this year by the Arizona Cardinals. Actually, the fourth quarterback taken. There's no way there would be four quarterbacks taken over Kyler Murray if he came out. But let's just say Kyler Murray was the 10th pick in this draft. Josh Rosen got over $17.5 million. And again, unlike baseball, you immediately play. If Kyler Murray was drafted in the top 15, he would get triple what the A's paid him. And he would also more than likely play immediately. Uh, I text some people in Oklahoma. They do not think, like forever I thought, God, he's going to have to play wide receiver. I no longer really think that. I think that he can play quarterback in the NFL. And I think, again, I don't know what he's thinking. Maybe he tries to play both. But he legitimately, if he wants to come out, he would be an NFL first-round quarterback. Like, I, I don't think Billy Bean, when he drafted him ninth overall, and I love the pick, like it's, it's a ballsy pick, a high upside pick. And Billy actually supported him. And you, Billy's a huge sports guy, wanted him to go back to Oklahoma. That's what he wanted to do. He, like, he was all about it. And I, I think it excites him watching it. But I do think, and I, Billy, I don't know Billy, but I would imagine he might, you know, him or his GM, David Forrest, over some beers might, God, he's a little better than we wished he was. Like, he's making this a conversation now. Like John Middlecoff on Colin Coward's podcast network is texting GMs and his exec buddies in the league, and they're telling him this guy could be a first-round pick. That, that I think Billy thought like no one's going to want this guy in like the fifth, you know, mid to late rounds. So he'll just play baseball. We'll pay him, you know, more than he would ever get as a late-round pick. But if if Kyler Murray, if people are be like, bro, you're going to go in the top twenty, like you're talking twelve, thirteen, fourteen million dollars guaranteed. And you play immediately. You don't ride buses. You ain't going around with Tim Tebow. You're not playing in, you know, random parks in the middle of podunk nowhere. You're playing, you know, if the Miami Dolphins draft you, you're playing the Patriots week one. You know, week two, you're on Sunday night football against the Steelers. Like, you are the starting quarterback for Team X. (laughs) That's not the way it works in baseball. So I think this guy's been so good. He has seven rushing touchdowns. But the number that really stands out, and really the box score to me doesn't do it justice, he's really, really accurate. 31 touchdowns, five picks, 
and he just jumps off the television screen. That's the thing. Like, his box score is incredible, and if it wasn't for Tua, he'd probably be the Lock Heisman Trophy winner. But you just watch him play a half, and your jaw drops. He, when he takes off, just, his, just how easily he can shove the ball down the field, just throw lasers, throw deep bombs, throw accurate balls on the move. I, I've been blown away, and I, I, I don't know how this is going to play out. When the season started, I'd be like, yeah, he's just going to play one year there and then play baseball. I, I, I think it's a legitimate conversation. And if he likes playing quarterback, uh, Billy might have wasted a pick. You know, the big news of the week, uh, personnel-wise, was Des Bryant. He finally signed with an NFL team. Des Bryant is no longer out of the league. And I'll be honest, I was shocked. Because like the majority of America, I watched Saints. I watched the Rams game. And the last thing that crossed my mind was, you know what the Saints are missing? A wide receiver. Like It didn't cross my mind. But then you dive into it and you get Saints fans telling you, well, check out the stats. You know, Mike Thomas is having an incredible year. He has 79 targets at 70 catches. You know, he's, he's on pace for, I, I don't know, I mean, 115 catches. I mean, he's on pace for a – he's on pace to be an all-pro. But then you go, well, who's their second wide receiver? Ted Ginn on IR. Alvin Kamara is a running back. Ben Watson is a tight end. Their third most productive receiver is this guy, Traquan Smith. He actually has three touchdowns. Who hasn't been bad? Uh, played him a couple times in Daily Fantasies. Kicked my ass. But that they have a problem. Now, it didn't cross my mind when I watched that game on Sunday, but clearly, internally, they, they think they do. They, they need help there. And I, I, my first reaction when I saw it was like, why? And then the more I've thought about it, watching, you know, Dez at Saints practice and just NFL Network doing interviews, watch Drew Brees just came across my timeline yesterday or a couple days ago, I went, you know what, I kind of get it. You spend all this time, you have this Hall of Fame quarterback, you have this, I mean, borderline Hall of Fame coach. Like you built, like we talked about earlier with the Steelers, you spend all this effort, all this time building a culture, you should be able to take some flyers. Sometimes you can take a flyer and that guy molds into your culture and you never realize that he was a problem. Not that Dez was a major problem, though the Amazon show did not show him in a good light and I think plays a huge role in why Des Bryant does not have a job. Besides, he's not quite as fast as he was. He's not quite as good. The Saints know that. They feel good, though, about that Amazon show when he was being a pain in the ass for Derek Dooley, the wide receiver coach, and just being just kind of crazy. I think they think they can overcome it. And do you know what they also realize? That it's a low-risk, high-reward you know, if it doesn't work out, I can get rid of him next week. If he becomes a problem in two weeks, I get rid of him. They did it last year with Adrian Peterson. They took a flyer on Adrian Peterson. It didn't work in their offense. Sean Payton couldn't stand him about, you know, by mid-September, and they got rid of him. They shipped him out of town. And that, that's what the really good teams realize. I mean, Belichick's made a living off this. You take a guy, you don't pay him anything. So if it works, you get an incredible return on your investment. If it doesn't work, you cut bait. You literally cut him. You know, you give him a pink slip. You say, Des, give us the playbook back. You're out of here. You have two options. You either shape in or you shape out. 
we don't, we do not change for you. You either mold to us. So at the last couple days, I've thought about it more. I like it. Now I would question it's November eight. I've worked in the NFL and followed it now long enough to know it's a little bit. It's a massive red flag when a guy's out of the league. Like I don't quite understand it, but I do understand it because the league didn't want him. He doesn't have contract offers. Like, I'll give you another name that's kind of crazy out of the league. Navarro Bowman. Uh, and that's, usually it's more of a reflection on the player than the teams. Like, the Kaepernick situation, yeah, it turns out he got blackballed. <laughs> you know, that's why he was out of the league. But Des Bryant, he ain't getting blackballed. People just don't want him. Navarro Bowman, now, clearly no one wants him. You know, he th- their reputations you know, start going the wrong way. The, the NFL is a lot like high school, you know, or just like an office. Rumors fly around fast. And typically they take on a life of their own and perception then becomes reality. And back to Des, when they have an Amazon Prime show as evidence of you acting kind of like an idiot, that's not good. Because then there's no like perception is reality. No, there's just a reality. We just see what you act like, you know? And I, I do think Dez has a lot on the line these next, you know, I don't know, two months, I guess potentially three. I mean, they, the Saints might be a Super Bowl team to just kind of rehab his reputation to show that he can still be a productive player. Because if you cannot produce in the Saints, you know, organization, if you cannot get along with Drew Brees, that's a you problem. That would be on Des Bryant. Like, there would be zero people that would be able to even attempt to make an excuse for him on social media, in the league, wherever. Like, it would be over. It'd be signed, sealed, delivered, you know, nail in the coffin on on his career. Now, if he's productive, he acts like a good guy, his career can get rolling again. He can kind of, you know, get the train back on the tracks. But, man, these I'm not going to judge him as much this Sunday. But for these next two months, and then a playoff game or two will be very, very big to save this guy's career. Okay, let's get to my favorite time of the week. We're actually my second time this week doing it. But the Middlecoff mailbag, at John Middlecoff. Slide up in those DMs on Instagram, and I will read uh, what's going on. Let's see if I can uh, find... Okay, hey John, I know you're doing the podcast right now. Thought this would be a good way to get my question on the pod. Yeah, it would. So what is your opinion on drafting a running back in the first round when you have backs like Barkley, Zeke, McCaffrey? I, I, I can dig it. Who are great, but then you have, in my opinion, the better threesome, Hunt, Kamara, and David Johnson. Gives you a way better bang for your buck, uh, and you can get a pass rusher or middle linebacker to shore up the defense. I would agree. If the running back core or, you know, a draft is deep, I would always lean against taking a guy in the first round. I do get a Zeke, a Barkley. I didn't love the McCaffrey pick where they took him, though I look wrong now because McCaffrey is a stud. But watching James Conner tonight, what was he, a fourth-round pick? You consistently see guys around the league that are late. I mean, Kareem Hunt and Alvin Kamara are fantastic, like you said. I mean, they are. They're elite. Uh, Leonard Fournette, we haven't seen him in six weeks. His hammy tightens up, and he goes bye-bye. So I, I, I'm with you. Uh, th- there is 
the value will always be there in the later rounds. History's on your side. Uh, now, again, there's always going to be, you know, Christian McCaffrey's going to be a really good player in this league. He, he just is. So Saquon Barkley. So those guys are not going to make their teams look dumb. But there's a reason that Alvin Kamara makes you look really smart. Now, the one thing, and again, this is a bigger picture, this is a rich person problem, is when you do hit on a second, third, fourth round running back, they become free agents a little quicker. You know, Kareem Hunt now is in Alvin Kamara in their second years. They are one next year is going to be their third year, and after that year they're going to have to get paid. So it happens a little faster. Like Christian McCaffrey is going to have the fifth-year option. But again, that's a good problem to have. John, one for the mailbag uh, from Sydney, Australia. What up, mate? What's the feeling about the Raiders around the Bay Area? It seems nationally they are being uh, seen as a bigger mess each week. And this Jamarcus Russell story with the tapes reeks of the Raiders. That's an old story, by the way. I mean, I've, I've heard that story ten times. Uh, trying to get attention off their current situation. Yeah, I mean, it's just bad. The situation locally, nationally, is terrible. I mean, they're a laughingstock. I, I think a lot of people just question whether John Gruden knows what he's doing. Yeah, they have all these picks, but are you confident that John Gruden can make them? I, I'm not. Uh, he has a long track record of being a terrible GM. That's not an opinion. That's a fact. He's just not a very good GM. It, it's really that simple. And I, I know they have a ton of picks, and it's looking like if the Cowboys stink, that might be a top 10 pick. They might have the number one overall pick and, like, the eighth pick. So they might have a ton of capital. I'm just not very confident that John Gruden is the guy to fix that problem. I, I'm just – I'm really not. So sad but but true. Uh, hey, hey, John, love the show. What do you think about Mitchell Trubisky's development from his rookie to sophomore year? Is there more optimism at this point than after his rookie season? I, I think, of course. I think the number one thing to be optimistic about is he has an offensive young head coach and they can grow together. I think Mitch has a long way to go. The most eye-opening thing about Mitch's season so far is, God, he's a great athlete. Like, he can really run with the football. And that's kind of saving him at times. His inaccuracy on basic passes sometimes drive you nuts. But he's only been a starter now. This is He started half of last year. He started all of this year. He started one year in college. I mean, he hasn't played that much. Think how much more just the common guy, the average guy in the NFL has played. Most guys in the NFL start from the moment they get there or maybe redshirt a year and then they start playing. Like, they're the best of the best. Mitch played one year in college because he couldn't beat out a dude at North Carolina, which is a little bit of a red flag. But, you know, I, I just think his development process, like this would have been like his senior year in college in theory. Like this would have been his third year starting. He didn't even start all, all of his rookie year, you know, because they had Glennon. And he clearly wasn't ready to start, you know, uh, as a rookie, he probably should have redshirted, but he's actually probably benefiting a little bit just from a little experience. Uh, and he, he also benefits. I mean, their their defense is stacked. They got two legit running backs, and they have an offensive head coach. Uh, I, I, I at five and three, you got to feel pretty confident that the Bears have a strong chance to make the playoffs. Though you look at their schedule, I mean. Still play Minnesota twice. You know, it could go off the rails fast. They got Green Bay coming to Chicago. Uh, they could end up 7-9 and nine or they could end up 10-6. and six. Now, their defense, their running game is built for when the weather turns. I, if I had to guess right now, I, I would say 9-7 and seven 
and you know they're comp- maybe going into that last week they're competing for that last wild card spot. Just again, defense and run game. Do I trust Mitch right now? No, no, I don't. But I do think he has improved and shown flashes uh, of being a really good player. I'm a lifelong Broncos fan. I was interested in your thoughts on where the Broncos go from here. Obviously, Keenum isn't the answer. No, he's not. Get rid of the quarterback, the coach, the general manager. I think they need a young quarterback to build around. That's not rocket science. Everyone can acknowledge that. Uh, They are going to be in the quarterback market this offseason in the draft. Coach Vance Joseph, bye. He's fired. It's over. He's not a head coach. I think that's pretty clear. General manager, I'd roll with Elway. I I think Elway is good at his job. I know he's had a rough little stretch. But look, this year his draft was incredible. It's always much easier to draft in the top 10 than it is when you're a playoff team. That's why usually all the teams that, like, midway through the season, we go, God, look at their rookie class. They're usually drafting high. You know, it's, it's a lot easier to draft players fifth in every round than it is 25th in every round. But one problem for Elway now is Vance Joseph was a major swing and a miss. Vance Joseph ha- got to go. I don't hate the Case Keenum move. I get it. Uh, he's, he's not their main problem, though he's not that great. They, they just need a guy you can build around. They need a young guy that the entire city, that the entire franchise, that the entire organization knows that that's our guy for the long haul. You know, and it was so clear so fast that Paxton Lynch was not that guy. And that really kind of derailed everything. And they got lucky with the Osweiler contract, though he ended up kind of coming back. But, yeah, I think the most important thing is to get rid of Vance and go go land a young quarterback that you can build around. Now, it's easier said than done. You know, it's not, it's not like clearly, it's not like John doesn't know this and hasn't tried. It's just hard. You know, it's the hardest thing in sports to do. Find a quarterback. And that's kind of what they're do- looking to do. John, Taysom Hill. Does this guy have any shot as a quarterback? If not, what is he? Do other teams in the league start looking for similarity utility players? Or is he just a unique case? I think he's just a unique case. I mean, he's 28 years old. He's a second-year player, but he's 28. Because he was like a six-year Mormon at BYU it's just, I, I, he's an outlier more than he'll ever be the norm. And, and a lot of teams have guys like this. They're usually just not former quarterbacks. They're like, you know, receivers that can also throw and cover kicks and tackle. A lot of teams have like a utility player. They're usually just, they also can't play quarterback. To me, that's what makes him so special. And part of his ability to play quarterback, he kind of looks like a running back meets a linebacker. You know, he doesn't, his physical attributes don't look like a quarterback. I, I, I think that, you know, he can cover kicks, he can catch the ball. He's just a high-level guy, but he's also older. That's what, you know, it's it's hard to find a second-year guy, usually that's 23 years old, that's like a quarterback, linebacker, cover specialist. They, they don't, a kick returner, they don't really exist. I, I just think this guy's an outlier. At one point in time, this guy was a super-hyped quarterback at BYU. Injuries kind of derailed his life. Again, at BYU, because they go on a Mormon mission, they're much older. Yeah, I, I really think it's as simple as it's a unique situation. Though I do really enjoy him. He is a fun player. 
I like watching them, as everyone does. I mean, it's just a it's a very, very cool story. And the more big games the Saints play in, the more we get to watch Taysom Hill. <laughs> I, I had honestly kind of forgotten about him. And then when the Saints kind of resurrected his career, and then now that they're so good and he does so much for them, it, it, it is, you know, pretty cool. Let's uh, I'll get one more here and then uh, call it a night. Love the pod. I'm a diehard Packer fan and agree that McCarthy is done. Who would be the best potential next head coach for Green Bay? Well, because you're paying Aaron Rodgers so much money, and because you have Aaron Rodgers, you need to go offense. Uh, so you either take a guy that has no experience, John D. Filippo, someone like that, like the number one offensive coordinator on the market, which is risky. Because when you have Aaron Rodgers at 34, 35, 36 years old making $100 million, you're in win-now mode. Now, who would, be a, who would be a head coach that would have experience and also is an offensive guy? Like, could you get Bruce Arians out of retirement? I mean, seriously. Just for like a three-year stretch, get Bruce Arians out of retirement and try to win a chip. Maybe you could. Now, maybe you couldn't. I, I don't know. So, I think... You know, a Lincoln Riley, that would be pretty risky to me. You know, you, I think you would have less risk taking a first-time coordinator like John D. Filippo because he's been in the NFL forever. And especially him, he now is locked in with the division. You know, he played Minnesota last year in the NFC Championship with Philly. And this offseason, him and Mike, or Mike Zimmer like sat down and he broke down to their defense what they saw on him. Then, obviously, when you're the Minnesota offensive coordinator, you're used to scheming up against the division. He would uh, he would know the rival very well because he practices every day against the Minnesota first-team defense. I think he would be 100% get an interview. And I, I don't know who else they'd interview. Like, who are the the Mike McCarthy's, you know, Andy Reid types that are going to be on the market this offseason? I, I don't really think there are any. You know, and again, like a, you'd call Bruce Arians. Would he be interested in coming out of retirement? I doubt it, but I, I do think he might listen. You know, hey, you want to co- come coach Aaron Rodgers? Now, you think th- those two would butt heads. Oh, my God, that, that would be incredible. You think Bruce Arians would give two shits about Aaron Rodgers t- talking back to him? He would snap on him. It might actually be some humble pie for Aaron. Now, is Aaron listening to anyone at this point in time in his career? Probably not. But he's got, you know, he does have a lot on the line. Like, hey, Aaron, you know, part of your legacy now depends on getting back to the Super Bowl, winning another championship. You're too good to not be a two-time Super Bowl champ. You know, you shouldn't only have one Super Bowl on your resume. That's what ultimately Peyton Manning getting that second Super Bowl was just kind of big for his resume. Peyton Manning was too good of a player to not have two Super Bowls. You know, he deserved to have two. It's like Aaron Rodgers deserves to have two, but he's got to get it. And right now, I mean, they're not even going to make the playoffs this year. So I'd say John Filippo or call Bruce Arians. Thanks for listening. And, again, you can slide in my DMs at John Middlecoff, and I'll answer your questions here. Uh, see you next Tuesday, I guess, after the Monday night game. I don't even know what the Monday night game. Oh, it's Niners, Giants, puke. So I, I might actually record the podcast before that game. That's terrible. But I will, uh, I'll talk to you guys next week. Uh, keep listening to the pod, sharing it with your buddies. Uh, I, I appreciate all the support. I, I really do. Have a good weekend. Enjoy the games.
Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash activecash. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. 